We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome into another episode of the Goodman and Hummel podcast. I'm Jeff Goodman. He is Robbie Hummel. And yeah, if you can tell by my raspy, shitty voice right now, Rob, uh, finally, and I, I honestly feel like it was probably long overdue, I, I got hit with COVID and I'm upstairs in my office. The only time I can see my, my wife, daughter, and dog is through a, a, a doorway right now, a closed door. Um, so... I'm I'm okay. Like so far, knocking on wood, all it is is a really bad sore throat. Um, I, I think I've set my personal record for the number of um, cups of tea with honey yesterday. I think I, I 13, 14. I'm I'm looking to break it today. <laughs> that that will help your throat. There's no doubt about that. What, it's way better than water. How long ago were you in Puerto Rico? like a week ago, a week and a half ago. I mean, you know what it was, maybe? I really haven't done shit over the last five days. The only thing we did, my daughter and I went to the Celtics game about five days ago. Yeah, That had to be it. I mean, there's 17,000 people there. Right. Had to be it. And, and, and some knuckleheads not wearing masks and, you know. So, yeah, it was probably that. Because other than that, honestly, the only time I left my house in the last – and I know you've been all over the place – is to pick up Dunkin' Donuts uh, iced coffee. And when I do that, I order it ahead of time. I walk in, I grab the damn iced coffee, and I'm out. So yeah, it, it I probably don't think that's it. The Celtics yeah. game got you probably. Yeah. Sorry. Which is amazing. you're not super sick, though, so far. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing to me. But but this this new variant is just – it. they say it, and it, it is true. It's it's so much more contagious. Um than, than we were dealing with a year or so ago or even six months ago. And you're seeing it everywhere now. I mean, it's it's gone through seemingly every NBA team, most college basketball teams. I think you probably have half of the, of the 340 teams right now are approaching that number that have been on a pause so far. Um, you've been everywhere, though. You still haven't gotten it? No, I have no idea how. I've flown a ton. I've played in three-on-three tournaments all over the world. Right. I have no idea. I mean, knock on wood, yeah. I could get it tomorrow. Um, but no, I, I have not, as far as I know. Maybe I've been asymptomatic and just had no idea. But right. I, I don't think That's I That's what I figured. 
I figured I was asymptomatic until now and then got hit with this. And, and again, it's luckily it's, it's not that bad. And, and, um, you know, the question will be whether my wife and daughter, my daughter woke up and had a sore throat. So, but she's, she's not nearly as tough as me, Rob. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm she's super she's way tougher than you. Let's, let's be real. Yeah, she is actually, she'll, be, she'll be fine. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. So, um, we almost had today's game, and, and by the time this pod goes up, the game will probably be over, but we almost had the the big uh, San Francisco Loyola-Chicago game on Field of 68. Two best really? majors maybe in the country. And, you know, they had this game. They put it together late because both teams, Loyola hasn't played in like a month. They've been through a pause and then got canceled on by other teams in the Valley. USF, the whole West Coast Conference has pretty much been shut down. So they wanted a game too. Both had been canceled on. So they figured this game out in Salt Lake Community College, Rob. Salt Lake Community College. And both coaches were all in. Everybody was all in. We were going to do it. Sean Miller, Archie Miller, John Fanna commentating from, you know, remotely, yeah. of course. And um, we're going to get a camera or two set up there and put it, stream it on Field of 68. And then I guess at the last minute, the teams didn't even know this. Part of the contract with Salt Lake Community College was that they had the rights. Oh, that's so. So they the fine print. Yes, I mean, I get it because the teams aren't worried about that. At the end of the day, they're not looking at the contract. They just want. I don't know why they picked Salt Lake Community College though. You know, I don't understand that. But so yeah, now it's just it's on like WWCC hoops or whatever it is. Um, it, it'll be on that, and it'll be for free, so that's good. But it would have been kind of cool to. Uh, that would have been sweet, yeah. Right. No, I'm sorry. Right. So it, I, we'll we'll get one on eventually, but it's got to be a non-conference game, and that's why this one kind of fell in our lap for a little while. And I mean, I, honestly, I'll put Sean Arch and Ben up against almost any broadcast team other than you and Benetti. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Thank you for putting us ahead of. Two guys who I don't think have ever called a game. That's the never thing. called a game, but they've won a lot of games. They have won a lot of games. Not their knowledge is poor. I'm not. That is right. not what I was insinuating. They know a lot about yeah. basketball, but no, I, it would I be interesting ranking me ahead of them. How long did it take you to get comfortable doing it? You know, that's a good question. I did the sportscaster you thing. Super helpful. It was right. run at Syracuse. Our group was really good, and a lot of guys have worked in TV from it. So it's an NBA, you call it an internship, but really more so it's like a crash course weekend. You had to put five grand down to make sure that you go, and then literally you'd show up and they would hand you a check for 5000 plus whatever interest you accrued over. I mean, it was like, you know, $6 because you put it down, um, maybe, you know, four months prior. So you guys – How many people check- were there? What's that? So there was like 12 of us. It was like me, Matt Barner, who's doing TV uh, for the yeah. Spurs, Kalena Azabuki, who's doing TV for the Warriors, Amari Stoudemire, who refused to take his hat off in every take. Um, he was wearing like one of those like short build hats. And they're like, Amari, you want to take this off? So like on your, your tape, uh, if we send it to ESPN or whoever, it looks professional. No, no, no I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> he, he refused to take his hat off. 
Uh, Randy Foy was in there. Danny Granger's done some TV for CBS Sports. He was there. Um, wow. I'm probably forgetting a couple people. There might have been a few more. But it was like you call a game for TV, call a game for radio, did a studio show. Um, it was during the finals, so you just acted like you were covering the finals. Really? Um, and Syracuse has an unbelievable facility. So I did that. I did the second part where it's at the University of Virginia, and you announced the, the um, NBA Top 100 camp for the high school kids, which was a really good kind of real-world experience in there for me as well. Um I probably wasn't comfortable calling games, though, until well into my second year. The first game I ever did, I was like, at halftime, as a Purdue game. I remember thinking, I can't wait for this to be over. This is horrible. I'm saying the stupidest stuff. Yeah. I'm not making sense. I can't form sentences. <laughs> it's, 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 it's harder. Listen, I, I tell people this all the time. It took me to year three at ESPN to feel comfortable and I remember what did it. I was on with Van Pell, who, who I've known well and, and helped get me to ESPN at the time. And I was on with him one night, and he screwed something up. Like, I think he even screwed up two things in this segment. And he just started making fun of himself and just kept going. And I said to myself at that point, because I had been the, the, the person that over the first couple of years, I would beat myself up over one mistake, one stumbled word one mistake, whatever it was and then when i saw him do it twice i'm like this dude's the best guy on tv right now right and if if he can do that and just make fun of himself like who cares no who cares if i stumble in a word yeah no i know but it takes some time to, to realize that too i i think that you want to be perfect at what you're doing and i've seen guys even you know have something written down as a stat get it wrong and then correct themselves. And I'm like, you know, if you didn't correct yourself, nobody would actually probably move in. Move you know? the chains. Like, just keep going. Um, but it, it's just, it's a, it's an awkward thing. Much like I think interviewing people is still an awkward thing for me. I, I That's probably the one part where I still don't feel super comfortable. And I'm better post-game than I am pre-game. Yeah. You were great with Izzo. You're no, great with his I mean, he's, he's, I've known him forever. You know, he's a, he's a big personality. We have a good relationship, I think, because we, I played against him. He coached against me. Um, and I think after the game, you're just reacting to what I just talked about for 40 minutes. Whereas halftime think, sucks. Halftime is the worst. I, I'm sure I would, I would think that would be hard. I, I hate it. Halftime. And I would, my problem at halftime, you know me. I would, as I got into it, like year three, four, five, and I was comfortable, I would ask, if I knew the coach well, I would ask one serious question, and then I would try to have a little bit of fun with him. And sometimes it worked great, and then sometimes it completely backfired. Tunnel vision, we need to yes. win the game mode, and you're yes. in around mode. Right. <laughs> right, like, what are you doing, Goodman? You idiot. Why are you asking me that question at halftime? I just want to get back in with my team and yeah. figure out what the hell we have to do. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, listen, it, it takes a while for those watching, like anybody trying to get into TV, neither one of us ever thought we'd be doing TV when we were younger and, you know, you were going to play forever. Uh, I was going to, I was a writer and I would say that the best thing you can do, and I don't know if you agree with this, and it's hard to do early, 
but it gets a little bit easier as you go. Like watch yourself, watch, watch back and get people that you trust that are going to give you honest advice. Like I've given, I've tried to give you honest advice of what you do. Well, I I I do it. I, I, I take it. I take it legitimately. It's not like I'm throwing this thing out the window. Um, it, it, no, I never thought I would work in television. I, I thought that I would play for a long time, maybe coach. You know what I used to write on all this, on like homework assignments back in the day? There was My mom has shown me. There's a lot of them where it's like I want to be an NBA player, which is pretty cool like when you look forward. But there's a couple where it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Weatherman. Hey, <laughs> weatherman. <laughs> you would be a terrible you're – not, you're not good looking enough to be a weatherman. I guess that was TV too. I, I was born to be in television. I just didn't know it. Just a different field. Maybe you should try to transition into weatherman now. <laughs> Maybe like do a segment with Benetti. Could you do like a a segment with Benetti on on weather? <laughs> the weather. I, the weather. I, I needed I to be know. a weatherman last night driving home from Michigan State. I drove through like the west coast of Michigan just gets totally destroyed with lake effect snow. And really? Oh my god! I mean, there was cars crashing into walls. We were going twenty-five no. miles an hour on the highway. That's one of the scarier parts of doing this. And normally, I fly, but with COVID, some of the flight schedules have been like really cut back. Yeah. So I I drove last night. I drove up morning of and drove. It's about three hours and fifteen minutes Chicago to East Lansing. Different yeah. time zone too. So you you lose an hour going up because it's Eastern time. Gain an hour coming back Chicago Central, and it took me like four hours and 25 minutes to get home last night. I didn't get home till one, but I get home at 1130. I mean, it was, it was bad. So I, I could use that weather. And that's, but that's one of the scarier parts of the job is that when you drive in the winter and you've got some crazy yep. whiteout snowstorms, that's, that's what we're, Yeah. And you're trying to get through it. You think you can get through it. I mean, right. you probably could have pulled over and, and I don't know how many hotels there are in the way, but you probably could have crashed some 94. So there, there were some, I, yeah. I just, I was so ready to sleep in my bed. Yeah. Which I don't blame me. You've been bouncing stupid. around, you've been bouncing around these days. It can be hard to find and hire the right candidates for your small business. That's why LinkedIn jobs made it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in just minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience and use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified people. Then use the simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash good. That's linkedin.com slash good to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's talk about the state of basketball in Michigan. Nobody knows it better than you right now. You've, you've done a bunch of, of games, uh, Michigan, Michigan State, um, the last few days. Let's start with the positive. Let's start with Michigan State because yeah. I'm a positive person. That's my New Year's resolution. Or you're, also, you're also COVID positive right now. So. I am COVID positive too. That's true. Um, so Michigan State, I think a lot of us wrote them off early, you know, 
and and I don't know if Rotomoff is the right word because you're never going to write off a Tom Izzo team, but but Rotomoff is like a, a Final Four contending type team, and you know they lose to Kansas. They just don't look the part. They don't have a star. We know that. Like you know that game one. I think it's fair to say we knew this season they're not going to have a star. Nobody's going to turn into that this year. They've got point guard issues. I'm hoping Tyson Walker gets better, which he will and has. But he and Hogard are still trying to figure this thing out this year. But somehow Michigan State, they've only lost one other game to Baylor. No shame in that one. Um, but other than that, that's it. They're, yeah. They've lost yeah. two games all year. Yep, they, they found a way to win against Loyola. Uh, yep. Found a way against UConn. Um, I, I think they're good. I, I don't think that Michigan State is a great team right now. I, I think that they're getting a lot. They're getting better. Um, you know who played amazing last night on both sides of the ball was Gabe Brown. Now he's always I been able to make threes, and he's always been athletic. I think that it's been one of those deals where you see the potential and you haven't been able to uncork it, but he's playing it like like an All Big Ten level. He really is. Um, two games prior to this, back-to-back 20-point games, has had monster second halves. Yeah. And last night, I thought defensively, he was in the right place all the time, getting steals, energy plays, effort. It, it was really impressive to see. And he, he's maybe becoming, I think, their best player. Max Christie also goes for a career high. They're really using yeah. him off pin downs and letting him use his size and get to that pull-up. He, he's going to be really good. I don't yes. know when. He, I interviewed him last night, and he's, he looks like he's 12. You know, like he, he's, he's so skinny. He's got peach fuzz. I'm like, Jesus, I'm old. <laughs> the college players look like yeah. this. I, I am old. Um, but that's no, how I, I felt. Hey, that's how I felt when, when you were back as a, as a freshman and, and yeah. I was interviewing you. Same no, story. It, it punches you in the face, right? But I, I do like their team. They still turn it over too much. Tyson Walker has kind of regressed the last two after looking like he had really figured it out. Yeah. They've been lucky that when it seems like when one has played poor, if Tyson Walker hasn't played well, Hogarth's played well, and vice versa. Yeah. They've kind of like, you know, been like that. You know who also has really matured? Marcus Bingham. <clears throat> he yeah. and I knew it in the Bahamas because he he catches a lob to take the lead against Loyola. In past years, he might have been doing cartwheels down the court, you know, celebrating. And instead of doing that, he literally goes right to defense, jams the point guard, contests a half-court shot. Yeah. And, and he would have never done that. I, I give him a ton of credit. Uh, he always, I thought, was a guy that had a lot of ability but never yep. was able to, to do much with it. And I, I think he's having a tremendous year. Second in blocks in the Big Ten, protects the rim, had some monster baskets at Northwestern. Uh, Sunday, so I, I I like their team. I, I don't. What's think their ceiling, there. Rob? What's, What's their ceiling? Up? Can they get to a Final Four? Uh, I would say second week in the NCAA tournament. Now, with that being said, their coach has found ways to do it. You know, and it's it's pretty crazy to see it. But their fast break is back to being Michigan State. I mean, they are running. Um, and last because oh, they have Walker. Like Walker, that's his strength, right? Right. Like, he can, he can go. He can yeah. go. Um, so that, that's got to be encouraging. Um, Joey Hauser's come around. He's been kind of hit or miss this year. They've got 
they've got a good team. I, I good just players. Good players. They're missing the one dude. There is no Cassius Winston. There is no Kalen Lucas. There's, yeah. you know, yeah. that's kind of probably what I when I look at them, that's what they're missing. But that they can make it to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. You know, you look at their schedule, and, and like you said, yes, they beat Loyola Chicago and UConn back in, in late November. The last eight games they beat, they, they've, they've won. Louisville at home, Toledo at home, at Minnesota, who I think is going to be exposed and already has started to be exposed, Penn State at home, Oakland at home, High Point at home, at Northwestern, Nebraska at home. That is a bad, bad, bad slate of teams. No, Overall. I agree. They, uh, they, they certainly have not played world beaters since the Bahamas. Right. But um, right. I, I do think that in terms of defensively, they can be a good team. I, I think the offense is what will will struggle. Hold them back. Yeah. What would you do at the point? Would you still split these guys and play whoever's got the better matchup? I would probably just roll with the hot hand. I mean, whoever – that's what Izzo's done. I think when Hogarth's played well, he's played. And when Tyson Walker's played well, they've gone with him. I think that's probably what – best course of action is for me. I think you're probably right, and that's probably what he'll do because neither guy has really separated themselves. Um, Michigan State got a big one this weekend, right? Yeah, Michigan. Yeah. Michigan this weekend in Ann Arbor. You got that one or no? No, I think it's on Fox, I think. Is it? You're right. It's on Fox. It's on Fox. So that that's a big one, and you got two teams that – are going in opposite directions right now. And I don't think we thought they'd be going in these directions. I actually think if I had told you prior to the season or maybe after that Kansas game on Champions Classic night, you would have said, I know you would have said this that night because you had Michigan like pre- – you had them yeah, going to the Final I Four. Buffalo that day, and I was like, now Buffalo, I don't think it's lit the world on fire either. But right. it was a great game. I mean, both yeah. those teams played really well. Um yeah, I would have. What, what what the hell has has happened to Michigan, Rob? What what is wrong with this team, and can it be fixed? Uh, I don't know, man. I, their young players aren't playing great. I, I thought against Rutgers, their spacing was abysmal. Like there was times where Hunter Dickinson is trying to post up, and Musa Diabate is almost posting on top of them. You're playing two bigs together, and I I'm not sure they've totally figured that out. Um, Devontae Jones had been good and then was really really bad at Rutgers uh they turn it over they don't make shots Caleb Houston is you expected I mean he was preaching all conference which yeah looking back on that that was aggressive um but you well you saw aggressive again Here, here's why a lot of these were aggressive is is because you know the elite Freshmen are the elite freshmen. Like, you knew Paolo and Chet were going to be Paolo and Chet. But some of those other guys, I was talking to Archie and Sean about this the other night on uh, on After Dark. You know, the coaches didn't see these kids in person their junior season. They didn't see them. So they're watching literally streams. That's how they're evaluated Caleb Houston. And that's how, you know, so you're, you're relying on some of these slapdick recruiting analysts who are ranking these kids and saying, well, this is why Michigan, Michigan's got a class of four top 50 players and Caleb Houston's a one and done. And he, and he may be, he may still be, but I just felt like these rankings, the rankings ordinarily aren't great. And and now you add in the fact that coaches aren't able to see him in person. I think that's where a lot of the recruiting analysts 
do their rankings, talking to the actual coaches who see him in person. Who, who do do a good job of evaluating. Yeah. I'm just surprised that he shot the ball so poorly. I mean, he has really shot the ball. Yeah. Uh, yep. Not like we all expected him to do so. Yeah, they, they're just they, – they they blow defensive assignments like crazy. Uh, yeah. They've gotten torched from three the last couple games. Uh, UCF went eight, went eight for eight in the second half. Darren Green and Brandon Mahan were just on fire. Um, and then it happened at Rutgers. They couldn't guard Geo Baker and Ron Harper Jr. But it was like they were giving them wide open shots to start the game. So those dudes are good players. They beat Purdue. Well, they give – and you give Harper confidence. If you give Harper confidence out there from three, you could see it with him. You could see the difference in that. Yeah, game. you could just see his confidence balloons when he, when he makes his first one. Um, I, I think they're in trouble because their schedule is brutal. It was like at Rutgers, and I have to also say before I get to that, they had some COVID issues. There was right. three guys who were out yeah. with COVID. Their starting five was intact. Three guys out with COVID, one guy out for personal reasons. Hey, their schedule. I'm looking oh, at it now. I mean, at Rutgers, Michigan, Michigan State game, Purdue, at Illinois, Maryland, at Indiana. Crazy. Wow. They could be one in six or one in seven in the league. And now you're Easy. you're talking about where is our mindset at? They could be in right. serious trouble. They could be in serious trouble. All right. So uh going off that, Juwan Howard. We, we all put him in the Hall of Fame after last year. And, and I had enough people coming at me saying, you're wrong about Juwan Howard because I threw him in with every other former NBA guy who's made a ton of money coming over to Coach College who's failed and, and said, like, he, he's probably going to be the next one. Well, I was wrong. He, he, he's been very good. But is he as good as we thought, Rob, or was part of it the inheriting some good players from John Beeline? which he did. He's recruited a high level. He brought in a good staff. We know that. But but was a lot of it – like that first year was – I think they were 10 and 10 in, in the Big Ten. Started out really, really good. They were like yeah. 10 and 1, and then I think they fizzled late to kind of limp into the NCAA tournament. I don't think you can judge that yet. I think you still need to give him more time. Last year's team was excellent. You have three guys in that team right now that are playing – I mean, Franz Wagner could be rookie of the year in the NBA. Shawnee right. uh, Brown has been on the Lakers. I think now he's on the uh, Hawks. He's bounced around. He's playing maybe due to COVID, but he's in the league. Um, Isaiah Livers, an NBA player. Mike Smith was really good. Um, I, I don't think you can say that yet. We need more sample size of games and recruiting. And I, I think he runs good stuff. I think he's been a good defensive coach. Now, the last couple of games, maybe not so much. Um, they've just had some meltdowns in the second half that have been surprising. And I think at times they struggle to get Hunter Dickinson the, the ball. Uh, right. The double has really messed them up. But they're not making That's any problems. So you don't feel like you – you're not worried to double. Um, I, I just – yeah, Brandon Johns had 20 at, at Nebraska and then has, has two points in the three games since. Terrence Williams, the same deal, had 22 at Nebraska. That's five points, I think, in the last three. Like, it's just – yeah, it's it's a weird deal. But Hunter still put up pretty good numbers. He's had some games where he's only taken five shots, and he needs to be in the 15, 16, 17, 18 range every game. But they've, they've struggled with the post-trap. Yeah, that and that that's the biggest issue is you don't have enough guys who are making shots from the perimeter. You don't have a, a really high, high-level point guard who's going to get him the ball. Um, 
Yeah. I, listen, I, I'm with you. I, I just I think this could be a year where you're just looking at Michigan as an NIT team. Now they've got enough opportunities in front of them, but they don't look like a team that is ready to figure it out anytime soon yeah. to flip the switch. Right. Like some teams, you know, they have the talent. And they're just not playing well and they need maybe a confidence win. I don't know, even if Michigan gets a confidence win against Michigan State, I don't know if they're going to be able to sustain it because I just think they're so young. Yeah. And especially on the perimeter, so young, inexperienced, and not talented enough at the point guard spot that it's going to be very difficult for them. I think that's totally fair. All right, let's move uh, Big Ten to ACC. Uh, I hashtagged, me and Borzello hashtagged the ACC last night as a uh, one-bit ACC. And we did it kind of tongue-in-cheek, right? It was like tongue-in-cheek a little bit. But here's what I'll tell you, Rob. The, the, the second highest rated team in the net right now in the Atlantis, Atlantic Coast Conference is Mike Young's Virginia Tech Hokies. Do you know what their, their ranking is right now? What? Thirty-nine. 39. Carolina fell to 41 after a loss last night to Notre Dame in, in, in South Bend. Wake Forest is 46. And then you go all the way down Clemson, 62. Virginia, 73. Florida State, 78. Louisville, 82. Notre Dame, 94, 95. Miami, Syracuse, 106. And then it's ugly. NC State, 143. Georgia Tech, 166, BC, 176, and good old Pittsburgh all the way down at 196, Robbie. It's ugly. It, it is. Um, you know, I just look at a lot of these teams, and they should be good. Louisville should be good. Um, you know, Notre Dame has, has had excellent years under Mike Bray, and that seems to have kind of – fizzled a little bit here. Syracuse, yeah. I, I feel like there's a lot of teams that are fish out of water here. Syracuse, total fish out of water. Pittsburgh, same deal. I mean, they used to recruit the hell out of New York and sell them on playing at the Garden. And you know, Pitt, Pitt's gotten crushed by going. Pitt should be in the well, Big East. I, BC, I BC should be in the Big East. Right. You're right. Like, but like Boston College was good when I was a kid. You know, you look at yeah. some of those teams they had, and even under Al Skinner, now they ran the tightest flex that you will ever see. I could not ever. fathom it when we were playing them at the, in the preseason IT, and I'm watching these dudes throw bounce passes elbow to elbow. And, and they've it's got amazing, right? Reggie Jackson, Tyrese Rice. They've got freaking dudes out there, and they're flexing us. Like, it, I, it was shocking. But they, you know, they used to be good. There's all these teams that I'm looking at. It's like, well, Wake Forest when I was a kid was really good. And maybe they'll get back to it. Georgia Tech, Jared Jack, Luke Schencher, really good. I, yep. It's in Atlanta, it's hard to believe that you can't have big-time talent. I, I don't know. You just look at a lot of these teams that historically have been great teams. And when I, when I grew up, I wanted to play in the Big Ten, the Big East, or the ACC because that's what I watched. Those were the three leagues. And you could throw in Kentucky, and you could probably throw in the Big 12 with the upper echelon teams. But, man, you just look at the conference now, and it's like there's a lot of – I don't know. Miami, it seems like Laranega is, you know, is he going to stay much longer? Is he not? That's got to be hard to recruit when you're like. Well, let's, let's start with that. Let, let's let's kind of go through maybe quickly program by program 
of kind of why. Why? Because it's easy to say the ACC sucks, and I've said it over and over and over. Yep. But why does it suck right now? And it wasn't great last year. Tony Bennett told us in the preseason. You remember this? Yeah, I do. I do. Remember he said the ACC wasn't good last year. And yep. I was shocked he said it. And honestly, last year, it was much better than it is this year. All right. So, first of all, you've got four coaches in their 70s this year. Now, Coach K, Duke, that's a different ball game, and he's going out. This is it for him. But Duke and Coach K, to me, different. You can He could be in his 90s, and he'd find a way to still keep yep. Duke competitive. Um, but Larinaga in his 70s, I know they're 4-0 in league play, but they haven't really beaten anybody. As I said, their their nets in the nineties. Um, it, it's a fraudulent four and zero to me right now. Um, and, and he's in his seventies. And Miami, the other part, Rob, tough, tough job. It's a pro sports town. Miami and Boston College were the two that I felt like they're probably the most difficult jobs in the league because they don't draw well, and Miami especially because you got the good weather. And it's a pro sports town. Nobody cares unless you're winning at the highest level at Miami. And then they dealt with some of the NCAA bullshit, if you remember. And they they, they got cleared of all of it, but it hurt them at that time. They lost some guys that they were going to get in and, and never showed up at Miami. So Miami, to me, Laranega in his 70s, it, it's kind of caught up with them. He probably needs to retire soon. Um, Leonard Hamilton in his 70s. That's the one that's probably the biggest surprise to people this year. They're really down. They've been good, but they've had pros. They do not have pros this year, Rob. Yeah, and I think that will bounce back. I think he, he recruits at too high a level. He's, he's done it for a long time. I think that if you look at it next year, that could be back to being Florida State. I, I don't look at that as yeah. a problem. Then you got Behan in his 70s. Brings his two kids in this year. Um, I saw him in the preseason, and I was like, all right, listen, there are going to be days when they can beat anybody because they've got three or four elite shooters. Cole Swider finally starting to shoot the ball fairly well, but, you know, Buddy's not shooting it great from three, but he's, his all-around all game is better. Joe Girard, the problem with me, and I said this, if they're not making shots, they can't really put it on the floor. They can't – they're not great defensively. They're not athletic. Um Crazy I just, they're not athletic. That that is pretty wild. The they're problem. always athletic. Right. You have to right. be to play that zone. Long yes. athletic. And they're not. So I who's there up? Logan, my girlfriend. She's doing an art project downstairs. It sounds like are you okay? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Are you okay? <laughs> What's the art project? She's turning a uh what are you doing? You're turning a She's, what? She, said, she said she's converting a stool to a concrete table, whatever that means. Wow. She's very she, should teach you, she should teach you how to do some, some art. I have no applicable skills outside of talking about and playing basketball. I can't <laughs> well, anything. Yes. I can cook a little bit, especially breakfast food, but yeah, my I can't replace much of anything outside of a light bulb. Yeah, that's kind of me too. I'm, I'm the least handy human being ever. Um, in fact, when, when people come over to do work in the house, it's so embarrassing because they'll ask questions. And my wife's the one. She'll do a lot of the handiwork. 
what she can. So they'll look at me, you know, as, as people normally do, they'll look at the guy and ask the question. And I'm like, no, 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 you're looking at the wrong person. Ask her the same, question. It's the same thing here. Same. Right. They'll ask like a certain type of like tool. Do you have that tool? I'm like, I got no. Listen, you give me a toolbox. I can find a screwdriver and a hammer. Anything other than that, I, a wrench maybe, but like certain types of wrenches, I got no clue. I'm with you. Um, all right. So we've gone through Syracuse to me just kind of slowly kind of falling. Need the Big East. Need the Big East. Like that. Yeah. Carolina. Carolina is the one, again, this year that's a little bit interesting. New head coach, Hubert Davis, replaces Roy Williams. They go transfer portal. They got it back a couple guards that are talented. Sophomores now, Caleb Love, R.J. Davis. They, they had some guys out last night against Notre Dame. Dawson Garcia is hurt. Um, they're thin from, from COVID, but they haven't beaten anybody all year, Rob. Like, they're not a tournament team, in my opinion, today. Now, does the tournament selection committee put them in because they're Carolina and you need an ACC team other than Duke? Maybe, but they certainly – they'd be backdooring their way in. Yeah. That's pretty crazy, too, because of the history and, and just the, the money they have and the tradition. I that, that's pretty inexplainable to me that Carolina is not a top 15 team year in, year out. I, I do yeah. not. Then, then the other one that's been down. So there's two that I think you can put in a similar box, maybe. I don't know if it's fair. You tell me if, if I'm wrong here and I'm giving them too much um, credit for this. But Louisville and NC State have both been under an NCAA investigation cloud for the last four or five years. And it finally ended with NC State. But I, I felt like it, it, it affected those coaches a little bit recruiting-wise. Kevin Keats has been there about five years and dealt with it since he got there. Chris Mack has dealt with it for the last few years. And it's just been such a mess at, at Louisville over the last probably five, six, more than that even, with Patino. And, you know, Chris Mack, listen, he, he, he made some changes to his staff. So it's clear, like, they didn't have Louisville-level talent last year or the year be well i don't want to say the year before they're pretty good but i don't know what do you what do you make of louisville and in, in, in nc state i think the ncaa thing is totally fair louisville has been a, a disaster with that but again much like carolina the the tradition is is so good there i i just think the patino was, was rolling they were going to final fours and and I don't know. That, that one doesn't make sense to me as much either. NC State has always kind of been the the third school in that triangle of Carolina Duke. That, that's a tough job. Herb Sendex said, I, I'm out of here. I'm sick yep. of this. And he was he was coming off Sweet 16 with Julius Hodge. Um, so I I don't know. It, it's NC State can be good. Louisville should be good. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't really the NCAA investigations are are, are certainly something but i don't know why chris mack is not one there i don't know why they're not better yeah i mean their talent just isn't they don't have good point guards they're just average three point guards l ellis was good last night uh, but they're 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 mediocre at the point guard spot the other one that's gonna bounce back they're just having a down year and their talent level and their program isn't what it's been and i wonder why virginia yeah. like tony bennett listen would it surprise you at all if virginia whose best player is Jaden Gardner a, a you, you know, East Carolina transfer? 
Would it surprise you if they finished second this year in the ACC? No, they would not. Uh, and I'd probably bet on that, wouldn't you? Yeah, if I, I mean, told you right now, you know, before the season, Tony was like, "Yeah, we're ranked, but I have no idea." <laughs> he, he really was like, "We might not be. We'll see." You know, he was let's take a wait and see approach. Uh, yeah. No, I wouldn't be surprised. Jaden Garner can score. That <laughs> dude can he can he can score. Um, but you're right, their talent level compared to the, the national championship team, not close. No, but they developed those guys. Kyle Guy was what a top hundred player out of Indianapolis, but he wasn't you know a five star kid. They, they they developed those dudes. Um, I, I think Tony's an excellent coach. They play their style much like Wisconsin does. Um, if they got second, it would not surprise me one bit. All right, who haven't we hit now? Who do we still have to hit? Notre Dame, you know, like Bray had it rolling for a while, and it's just kind of fallen off. They're older again this year, but they're just not as talented. They don't have Pat Connaughton or, or some of those dudes that they have, even Bonzi Colson. And, they only um, go 16. I mean, Blake Wesley is uber talented. You look at my drive. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let, me, yeah let me go back on that statement because Blake Wesley could be, honestly – he might be their most talented player, talent-wise, that yeah. they've had, including Cotton. Right. I, I haven't seen him as much the last couple of weeks, but I, I had him uh, at Illinois. And they, they played okay there. Prentice Hub had really struggled. I don't know if he's come around. I haven't been able to watch. Um, Lashesky, you know, I, I drafted him. He was him great last night. Was he? Good. Yeah, he made Make three. me look good at the GM. Yep. Bring that bring yep. that rep back. Yep. He can shoot it, man. He, he should be having a better season, I feel like. But I, their bench is really, really short. They they go about six or seven deep. Uh, Boston College, all saves. We, you can't it's, – it's a tough, tough job. Earl Grant took over. You can't judge him yet because he was left very, very little in the cupboard. So we'll, we'll go through them. Clemson's Clemson. Feel like Brad Burnell's a good coach, but they're always good. Like, like they're okay. Like as an eight nine most yeah. years. They're young this year. They're <laughs> young up front this year. Pittsburgh, they just have been bad for so long, and you know that's the one that I felt like had a chance last year, but then they imploded because of something that happened within the program off the court. They imploded. And three guys, their best three players all transferred elsewhere. And, and they've it, been it's bad. crazy to me how when you look at good college basketball teams, they all have a transfer from Pittsburgh. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, yeah. Or Pittsburgh transfer, Xavier Johnson. Not that Indiana's lighting the world on fire, but Xavier Johnson, Marcus Carr. Like, there are Pittsburgh transfers everywhere, seemingly yes. playing well everywhere with Pittsburgh. Yep. No, you're right. You're right. Virginia Tech. That's one that's – they're 0-3 in the league right now, Rob. That That's one that you expected. You expected right. to get in with with, with KV Luma, uh, one of the better front court players in the country. You know, they've lost now. You know, they had a tough stretch um, in terms of who they played from the league. But they, you know, they, they lost to uh, Wake at home in early December – lose to Duke at Duke, and then the bad one, losing to NC State at home earlier this week. That's a crushing blow. Like, that's the problem is there's got to be some separation. Your losses can be just debilitating. Right, right. It's like you're the Pac-12 now. That's what it is. It's like 
you're the Pac-12 if you're the ACC. And now you know what it feels like because unless you lose to Duke right now, it's it's not a good law. Unless you beat Duke, there's no resume win on the table anymore. So how do these things move up? The only way is like the second and third and fourth teams putting some distance between them and and number like five, six, and seven. But if it's all a log jam, I don't know how the NCAA turn. I mean, listen, they're going to get at least three in. It can't be a one-bit league. I mean, that, that can't happen. You want that happen. It can't happen. I, I kind of do. I, I got to say, Rob, You're a hater. I really – I think it would be fascinating. It would be – would the committee have the balls to do it? I, no chance. I don't think they Zero. Zero chance. But, I mean, imagine taking, like, Chattanooga over Carolina at the end of the day. You know? Yeah. Like, Chattanooga runs through – the SOCON and loses in the SOCON title game, but their net is in the like 29 and Carolina is at like 50. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how, how much the committee really values the net that will, that we'll see. I, I mean, I think they value it. It's obviously not everything, but you know, I look at the net more today than I do Ken Palm because Ken Palm to me is, is way more predictive still. Like if you look at, Ken Palm oh, today. and Ken Palm because of the the preseason rankings he assigned. Right, like Michigan. Finally, Ken Palm. It's about well, he's kind of a twenty-seven. Like they like in the twenties, yeah. They were twenty-one the other day. They're twenty-seven now. You can't freaking convince me that Michigan is the twenty-seventh best team yeah, or has the the twenty-seventh best resume. I mean, some of the shit. I, you know where he's got Iowa State. Probably in like the 40s still. Had them really low. They're 37. I mean, come on. Like, like that's the stuff. You got to flip it and say, we know Iowa State sucked last year, but that's got nothing to do with this year. We're going to go. But, but well, he's usually, basically just, usually it can't have something to do with it. It's hard to have a turnaround like Iowa State, but I think right. there's exceptions to the rule, and they are one of those. And, and, there's, and again, I think Ken Pump, for the most part, is pretty accurate. Yeah. But, but you've got those outliers that, again, are going to have a really good year out of nowhere, you know, and, and just flip the switch. And Michigan going to have a really bad year when they haven't had a really bad year in I don't know how long since our, since our boy Stu Douglas, you know, first got to Michigan. You yeah. Know? And, you, know, you know what? That was the first time Rutgers has ever beaten Michigan. <laughs> That's, ever? Yeah, ever. That speaks to how good Michigan has been with with Beeline and and Jawan Howard under under the Rutgers Big Ten era. You know, all right. Listen, they haven't been bad since. I know. got Rob. I got to wrap this because my 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 tea is gone. My throat is like on fucking fire right now. You gotta have more mental toughness. You gotta push through. I, I, hey, I fought through this pod. You did. I thought through it. I thought I'd be doing I, it for myself, but you, uh, you, you came through. I came through. You drove through a snowstorm for this. I did. You know. Now, now you've you've got to learn some some artwork. That that should be your task this year. This I've year, you should, be a, you should be a watch, more well-rounded. You in Cincinnati. That's what I got to do. What's that? So I got to watch some SMU in Cincinnati. That's what I got to do. I bet you have not watched much of SMU in Cincinnati this year. I watched SMU yesterday. I watched them uh, play against uh, 
UCF. Is that a, a remote or is that an in-person? It's from, it's from home. It's from here. It is. All right. Well, listen. Eastern tonight. Thanks for joining us. Another episode of the Goodman and Hummel podcast. Uh, tell Logan I said hello. And uh, oh. I, I want, I would like a, um, next week, can we get a picture or, or the, the real deal of, of her artwork? <laughs> Maybe every week. Maybe every week right. it's a new piece of artwork from Logan. Lo- Logan's artwork will, uh, will be shown next week. No Maybe problem. we can make her some no money down there. We can put it up for sale and, and we can, we can help fund start, Logan's you start know. Making some money. Yeah, exactly. Make some bank out of this stuff. So, all right, well, listen, good seeing you. Be well, drive safe. And uh, thanks for everybody for uh, watching, listening, and we'll see you next week.